You're listening to Witcher Watch from the Racking Focus Podcast. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh valley of plenty. Hey, welcome back to Witcher Watch from the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. I'm John Doyle. I'm Steph. Just Steph. She does. <laughs> she's talking with the mic in her face again. Sorry. To remind you that John and I have microphones. Stephanie is not permitted to have a microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> might not be a good idea for her to have a mic. So, hey, we're on episode two and three of The Witcher season two on Netflix. And uh, there are heavy spoilers ahead. We're going to be combining episodes two and three into a single podcast episode here. Uh, if you haven't listened to our first episode of this season, go check that out first. It's a great, great little episode, I think, to listen to. Might be a great big episode. Might actually. be a great big one hour episode to listen to. But uh, yeah, so spoilers ahead. Um, we're just going to dive into um, episode two, which is titled Care Morn for very obvious reasons. And uh, then we'll jump into episode three. And uh, John, do you have a place do you want to start? Do you want to start at Caremore or do you want to start uh, with Yennefer? Well, uh, I, I guess maybe I can ask too. What did you think of the episode first? Yeah, I, th- I thought this was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Uh, strong again. Uh, it had a little more, uh, I mean, it, there is some confusion deliberately built into the structure, right? So we don't get the same kind of clarity uh, of story or characters we had in the first episode. Because... Right, there's no single arc happening, right? Like there's no single story arc that's happening in this episode as it did in the first episode, right? Everything took place in one spot in that yeah, first here episode. We're, and here we're moving like episode two and three follow on, right? right. So they're, they're, we're beginning to get a sense of this as an arced piece of storytelling as opposed to a series of bottle episodes that are connected in some way. Right. right. That first episode with Nivellen really they they could have easily skipped it and just started with Geralt and Siri arriving to Care Morin. Well, and that's sort of where the books would have taken and us. That's right? that's we this actually even starts prior to where Blood of Elves right. begins. I think that episode four will end up being kind of where Blood of Elves right starts although there's in three we have some of the beginning of the vibes there's right? a little bit of yeah it's starting to get there um so let's yeah. let's talk about the let's talk about the Geralt storyline or the Geralt Great. series storyline because that's interesting uh clear specific and what we can talk about with the uh, uh the uh, Yennefer storyline literally will lead us into the episode three that's great that's a good idea okay so let's start with Geralt uh, who's riding on Roach with Siri, and they enter Kermorin. And from what I remember, this looks pretty similar to uh, the Kermorin from Nightmare of the Wolf. Right. Right. Like the mm-hmm. design is very similar. Um, I think we can still see some uh, the ruins of that battle as well. Like the the yeah, like the the damage that was done to the castle from the battle in Nightmare of the Wolf. Right. This is not a this is not a place that's been. Uh, polished back up. It's no, just been yeah. built to str- and right. it's working. And right. there aren't a lot of witchers who are there to even repair this building because they're always out on the path, right? They're always out doing their witcher thing um, and they just return for, for the winter. Um, I have to also say that this 
doesn't it's 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 very reminiscent of the game as well built into like the side of this mountain uh the layout isn't identical but again i don't necessarily care about the layout as long as like the tone is right same with characters as long as their intentions and motivations are the same as the characters in the books then that's all i care about i don't care how much they look like the the people uh although i think that yennefer is great and i think that siri is starting to look much more like series described in the books and and obviously henry cavill's Geralt is pretty much spot on uh but it was great to kind of see the same essence and tone captured from that from the game and taken right into into this show because the ip that they have in that game is just it's too good to ignore and right. i think that the fans end up getting angry if you stray too far away from it so i'm glad they're they're at least taking the same tone from from the game mm-hmm. um yeah what did you think of what did you think of um the set in Kermorn? so i i mean i i want to say a, i actually have something i want to talk about both of these two episodes mm-hmm. and we saw some of this in the previous episode is we're starting to really use camera lenses in ways that give us a great perspective on the environments we're in yeah so we're getting these big sweeping epic size visions of places and when we're inside places we have a sense of their scale yeah uh, i i often in season one it felt like we were in a the ceiling was low the ceiling yeah. always felt low and here we've got scope and scale i love the fact that everything looks worn that it's not kept up, but it's clean. Like the, the, you, you know what I'm everything saying? Feel, it feels lived in, right? Like it, right. everything feels very much lived in. That first season really kind of felt like a, it almost felt like a very um, expensive proof of concept. Right. <laughs> and Netflix finally was like, okay, we'll give you some more money. Here's the money, yeah. You do it right. If you're going to do it, do it right. Because that first season really kind of just exists as the prologue to the rest of this this actual story. Yeah, and now as we here. enter this space and we get to see the size of it and the this sort of there's a sense of the maze that's present and all of mm-hmm. that and that big sort of food hall is beautifully rendered. Yes, I so, I, uh, and I so really is the like courtyard. It. I think the courtyard mm-hmm. is great. Um, yeah. so so yeah, and this and there's snow, right? And it's weird because snow is always weird on a set, but and they never wear coats. No one, ha- none of the witchers have coats on. Well, and then, they're big, tough, burly men. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Then they're not Siri cold. Doesn't have one on either. Well, no, she's wearing for a while. She's wearing that. And then she just takes it off. She, she does at the end of that. Episode, well, she's she training and all that, you know. Sweaty, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they they get there, and there's more witchers than I expected in the space there's right? 20 there's you know. 20 i think that he said uh last he checked right and um this i mean this really i mean yeah definitely definitely more than what i think is in the space in the books mm-hmm. for sure right i think there's only like six witchers or something yeah it in feels, the hall in the it books. feels really vacant in yeah. the books and here it felt more like a community but that becomes really important because Geralt's return is heralded as like, oh, we didn't think you were coming back. Right. Uh, and the, we get that sense, and we may still have one more to come after him, right? Which sort yeah. of sets it all up yeah. for us. But that it's it does give him the ability to have the spotlight. It gives a nice intro for Siri into that world, which we don't get to see in the books at all, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought that that whole opening sequence was really interesting. Yeah, right. Blood of Elves just starts with 
Blood of Elves starts with actually the arrival of Triss to Kermorin. Right. And we'll get into that, I think, in when we talk about episode three. Um Right, because right now we and she and series deep in training. Series running what's called the gauntlet. Right. Where which is not the same as the pendulum right, in which we see episode here, right. three. But uh yeah, like it's it starts with Siri already kind of being in this space for a really long period of time because I don't think it's winter anymore when Triss arrives in the book. Yeah, I don't remember. I do know that what we were getting here is the I mean these two episodes are there's time gap between them and we're, it's 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 nice to not have things yeah follow on even though they are following on right we're right. getting time so we you you said when we we're talking about last episode that we we had a sense of time passing right and they'd gotten to know each other yeah before that story took place and now we have another period of time where they get to know each other and then between two and three there's obviously time passing. there's a so, whole there's essentially a, a, a whole month has yeah a whole month has uh gone by since when we only know this because of when yennefer enters in episode three i believe um that a whole month has gone by since the battle of sodden and again i don't know i don't know if yennefer's timeline what we're seeing with yennefer and what we're seeing with Geralt and siri are the exact same amount of time being stretched but i can say for sure that there is no uh there's no time twist happening like it did in season one right no, like we're, we're not we're, playing with the no. time linear structure here we're, we're, we're using flashbacks and visions to do that work now yeah instead they are not confusing i think the they realized that that was way too confusing for a lot of people and even though it really wasn't that confusing it's not going to function anyway as we the story becomes right more linear. it doesn't matter anymore to to kind of they structured it that way for suspense and it, it, this doesn't matter in 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 the coming story here um, I have to say real quick that they've so far painted, you know, witchers as this dying breed of people. Um, Geralt says last he counted, there was only 20 of them left. Um, I don't know if that means he's counting 20 witchers left at the school of the wolf, which there is actually multiple witcher schools right. in on the continent. They've only ever mentioned witchers belonging to Kaer Morin. They've never mentioned witchers existing anywhere else. Um, there's a few others, uh, School of the Viper, School of the Cat, School of the Bear, and I think School of the Griffin. Um, so f I think there's five schools in total. If I missed any and you're a fan, let me, let us know, um, you know, DM, DM us or something. I don't know. Let me know. Um, so there's other schools. I don't know if we're going to ever meet those witchers. I don't know if they even matter. I don't, I don't know. So they exist, at least they exist in the game. I can't remember if they exist in the book, but I'm fairly certain they do. Um, so anyway, yep, I loved I loved Caremorn. I loved the tone. I loved the vibe. I loved the sets. All the props felt very much lived in that great hall. Um, I was actually kind of concerned about when I saw some stills online or I saw like a trailer. It like just didn't feel as big and vast as it does actually in the the scenes here. Mm -hmm. You know, it it feels huge. So and and Siri and uh Geralt are not in sync yet right like we're we're definitely there's it's not as, as much tension as it is discomfort whatever yeah and we move into the space and we get to be, meet Vesemir then yes uh, and again we're using these interesting like really wide angle lenses often they're in, really showing know. off the space yeah. and all of the production design that went into it and uh it's nice we got to we get to meet some like fan favorites right we get, we're meeting Vesemir for sure who looks really very much like he does in the game right um and uh Kim Bodnia's I like I like him as an actor. I like his performance so far as Vesemir. 
Um, and then we're meeting Lambert and Cohen. And then finally we meet Eskel who comes in um, after Geralt does holding a leshy hand. Right. Which is very exciting. Uh, this again, isn't a thing that happens in the books because this book start after this whole mm-hmm. thing takes place. So for all we know, this could have happened. They're just kind of adding to the lore, I think, which is cool. Um, and there's a lot of lore talk that happens in this entire, these two episodes. Um, just tales that have been said, like they just reference a lot of things and it's cool because they're things that I think will, will matter on a, on a rewatch after more seasons have gone on. Um, but for now they're kind of keeping you in the dark on like who Ithlin is and who, um, like they've talked about Falca a little bit. They've talked like all of these things, uh, they've, they've discussed, but, um, yeah, Leshy's very cool. Uh, they're Leshians in the game, and um, they're like the coolest monsters in this game. Uh, but Esco comes in. He's got this... His makeup's cool, man. He's got this giant scar, and in the books, he's described as having like this grossly hideous face that like Ciri's kind of afraid of. Um, I kind of wish his scar was bigger. I wish his face was a little bit more mm-hmm. deformed even. Um, and I think the actor did a great job, but I also kind of wish that he was just like a bigger guy i kind of wish a lot of the witchers were just a little bit they, they don't compare at all to henry cavill right like no, right they're all like really scrawny looking dudes other than lambert lambert's kind of a, a burly looking dude right. but eskel is described in the books as this guy who can go like toe to toe with Geralt. um and i think the actor they chose doesn't necessarily we don't get to see him fight so it's right. kind of hard to say but i w- would I would peg Henry Cavill to win a fight with Eskel, you know, nine out of 10 times. Yeah. Th- we, he does though have the uh, bravado. Like he's got the, he's got a big personality. The personality is yeah. big and strong. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we have Geralt working to sort of deal with Siri's presence in this space mm-hmm. while Eskel is making a decision to, party down like that's yes sort of the yeah way we're and, going. and Eskel comes in and, and it's pretty much immediately like he's just kind of this standoffish jerk right and I was at you know we've I've watched this episode twice and I asked Steph the first time I was like I like I don't remember Eskel being like this dick in in the books um and uh he's he's not and we see that in a vision in episode three that we can talk about later right um, so I was very confused for a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that really there's not a whole lot else that happens other than this whole inspection of this leshy hand and then this fight. Yeah. And the leshy right? hand inspection was really interesting because it's one of the things that we see in, in episode three too. There is this sense that these guys are not like whack job magic. Yeah, folks. Right. There, there's, there's a science here, right? They are w- certainly scientists. They're, they're doing science, and so you know, as Geralt is, is sort of prying up the leshy flesh and finds the beetles or whatever the bugs inside of yeah. it, and Ciri's sort of watching, and you can, you, we are in a way, Ciri's our doorway into this world in, right. in some ways. So we're learning about the world as she does. And it, it was pretty interesting watching Geralt do that instead of being a big swordsman, like doing. Right. Yeah. Again, he's science. not just this big, like, hunk of meat who just wants to murder everything in sight and kill monsters. Like, he's a smart guy who is dissecting these beasts to try and learn more about the thing that he has to fight. And mm-hmm. 
you know, that will end up going into the bestiary and that it'll be another, you know, addition to their, their log of monsters. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I don't think leshies are super common for them considering like he, he did mention that they don't, um, they don't breed, they can't, they can't multiply. Right. right? So any, any, any leshies that exist have been around since the conjunction. And, uh, so that's cool. But as he's, as he's like ripping up this leshy hand, he hears like a party start. It was almost like a, almost like a beat dropped and like right. all these people. I'm like, where did this music come from? <laughs> like, but uh, he goes upstairs to inspect that and is just super unhappy. Like you get cranky Geralt all of a sudden, um, which goes back to, it goes back to, again, this references Nightmare of the Wolf where these visitors are in this castle. Like he mentions as we're going to Caramore and that like, not a lot of people know about this place. It's pretty much a, a secret because of what happened however many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's super unhappy that all these people are here. And especially since he has like this quote unquote daughter now in his presence, right? So I feel like he's already viewing women differently. Yeah. Now well, that he has, sure, you know, like, and also doesn't want his woman or his child, whatever we're going to call Siri right now, yeah, being treated or considered the way one might treat right. the other women who are there. Right. And doesn't want her exposed to, you know, what all these witcher men do when they're on in off season, right? right. Like it, it is just like this big party. It looks like, um, and a party that doesn't happen very often because nobody should be bringing, people back to care more unless they're under the care of a witcher or are witchers themselves. Yeah. And, and they, you know, there, it is a group of, I mean, obvious prostitutes. I mean, there's, there's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a brothel's it's like been the brought brothel their way. To Caramoran, right? Like, yeah. And, and one of the women knows Geralt, right. And has some sort of conversation about mm-hmm. maybe taking Siri on. Yeah. He's not happy about it. Not at all. Um, and he confronts Eskel, right? He he like confronts Vesemir and then Eskel. Right. Like he goes to both of them. Um and I think Vesemir kind of brushes it off as not a huge deal. Like they just need to unwind. Yeah. Um and but he's just he's just unhappy because of the the whole battle of Nightmare of the Wolf thing, I think really kind of screwed him up. He right. wants to keep this place safe for him, for all of his friends, for Siri, like all of that, but um, yeah, and he confronts Eskel, who does what? He like just snaps at him, essentially. Yeah, and then he takes off with the girl he's with, yeah. right? Which is going to set us up for where we go. Yeah, the rest of the story. Yeah, so we we um, before we get there, there's this conversation with Siri and Vesemir, and Siri is kind of watching this whole party unfold, and uh, Vesemir notices her, and they go and have a chat down in like this armory place, mm-hmm. right? And again, there's another reference to Nightmare of the Wolf where Vesemir shows the armor of Declan, who was the, he was like the Vesemir of the time when right. Nightmare of the Wolf took place, right? He was in charge of of the keep and uh, he taught Vesemir everything he knew. Um, and so that was like Vesemir's father figure, um, despite him being like really hard and not a nice dude and in a way betraying the the witchers in that film um but uh yeah so they had this conversation there's a nice just a nice moment of bonding between Vesemir and Siri because they do have a really close relationship in the books and in the game um so I'm glad that they brought that into 
into the film. Um, I can't remember anything else that happened in that scene, though. Can you remember anything else? Do you remember anything in there? Mm-hmm. No, I no, don't. No, I think Steph's falling asleep. I can tell she's starting to doze. I'm sleepy. We're losing her. We're losing but, her. But yeah, I mean, I, I it was, it, it's good to get these little character beats, and that's what we're, that's what we're getting there. He does say, I don't know if it's in that first. It's when she first gets to care more, and Vesemir talks to Geralt and says, "I need to know who I'm like letting in," and like that moment is them getting that time to learn each other yeah and learn who each other is and how they yeah function yeah he needs to know who he's protecting yeah um yeah anyway that's a little side thing that back to Eskel being infected by this leshy we see this like tree branch come out of his yeah back did you notice that i i came home when you were watching the second one yeah and it was the moment where like the weird creepy branch comes out yeah and his shoulder actually looks like a knot in wood yeah it's his he's turning into a piece of wood which i didn't notice the first time i thought it was just like a gross scar oh but like it looked like an actual knot yeah it's like it looks like he's turning into a tree yeah um yeah it's awful looking well i mean but you have to remember that 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 he's about to have sex with the prostitute yes and she's getting hard is that what you're saying well maybe (laughs) but she's pulling she's pulling off his uh, well, it can get worse than that stuff. She's pulling <laughs> off his uh, shirt, and suddenly there's wood, right? Like there's like this thing, gro- <laughs> and it's it's gross. But it's one of those like really well done body horror moments again, which we, I yeah. think I think is becoming a theme of where we are in this show, right? Because there's a hole, and the thing comes out of and a hole, hole right? right? It doesn't. It's not like it's bursting through his skin. No, it looks like he was pierced by it right. at one point, and it left like a seed well, or something that is about, growing out of it. He talks about when he shows up. He's like it. It pierced me. Like yeah. he says that the leshy, yeah, actually like leshy technically. It? It's a leshy in the show and in in the books. It's mentioned as a leshy in the game. They call it a leshin. Okay, so I'm not wrong. No, well, you're not far off. Okay, yeah. It, he says that it pierces him. Yeah. When he walks in. Yeah, he's injured when so he walks in. So he like he knows it wasn't just like a flesh wound, like he has been stabbed. And well, and he mentions later that he thought he could fight it. Right, yeah. that he thought that like he, he could. knew what was happening. But it strikes me that that someone should have checked that out. Uh, uh, right, right. Witch- I think a lot of witchers are responsible for their own wounds, their own medical care, and their own yeah, like they're you're supposed to take a you're supposed to take a, a potion or something, or you're well, supposed Geralt to. Well, Geralt talks about it. Yeah, three. Right, he's like, you, we can do three things for you. And yeah, we'll wrap you in some this, herbs this, and, and this, blah, blah, and blah. you'll probably be fine. Uh, so, but we see that come out of his back, and then we're not there, right? So we get the nice suspense bump and. Right, right, and uh, what you right? What the reason everybody notices that there's something wrong is that all of the medallions hum. The right, the medallion, the medallion tree hums, and all the medallions. All of them, and they're all like, "What the heck is happening?" Yeah, they know something's up. And right, the dead medallions are jiggling. Right, because the medallions don't lose their magic when their owner dies. It's just this, this, this silver, it's this piece of magic that that warns you when there's a monster nearby. Uh, so that was a great little scene. Um, and yeah, so we go down and we see Eskel, who's well. We get we don't see him yet. Okay, what happens next? Tell me. Okay. So they all start, you know, wandering around. Yeah. And Geralt just happens to find the room that he was in. Of course. And he get his little branches come first. Yeah. You don't actually see him. Right. Yeah. So he's attacked by he's attacked by the the limbs. I mean, 
and even Geralt branches. doesn't realize who it is until he like looks him in the eye. Yeah, they ju he just knows that there's a leshy in the space because of what's attacking him. He doesn't know that Eskel is this leshy. But he doesn't look like one. Well, he's a transmutated right. person becoming a le like it's this is a new he's thing. This is a new thing. This isn't well, something that has existed and before. There's this great line and I don't want to miss something else that would happen, but there's this great line where they talk about the world evolving, right? Yes. And that in some way the leshy can't reproduce and now it's evolving in a way for it to be able to reproduce, yeah. right? There's like a right. thing happening and that's going to be important when we get to three, There's right? Yes, there's something else in three um, that I want but, to talk about. But, you know, there there is that sense that there's evolution, there's change happening in the, in the world and mm -hmm. there's a conversation about, you know, the, the convergence again like there's these this sense that right. they're in a time of great change right right uh and in the meantime you know Geralt has said to Siri go into your room and we're shut the door and don't come out right right and um and then they send the prostitutes in who immediately <laughs> decide they're not interested they're like now nah, we out and and they don't get eaten like that felt like the we should have just seen you know, prostitute pieces just right. There was, only, about. there was only one prostitute who died, and it was the one who had sex with with Eskel, and she she, at, she that the, she was that pretty tree, much a tree. That tree that was point. coming out of her mouth. Yeah, again, a, a horror trope. If you have sex, <laughs> you die. Yeah, and <laughs> and body horror, right? And like body horror, clear yeah. body horror stuff. Yeah, but so so, but they they run and they get out of there. Yeah, and we were told that they have some spell on them that. They won't remember anything tomorrow morning. Right. So everything's safe. Everything's clear. fine. The frustration's gone. We got ourselves because now we're gonna have a big fight. Yeah. And now, Steph, we're fighting limbs. Yeah, we're fighting limbs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, that you see another sign at this point. Oh, you see a few signs. It's great. Um, so Which as Gil's infected by Aleshi. Never. Steph caught the sign and Josiah did not. I legit was not watching the TV Which when the sign came up. When he seals the door. Uh, the door sealing. Right. Door seal. You missed it, and I caught it, and I was really proud of myself. You, I missed it because I wasn't looking at the television at the time. Why were you not looking at the television? I think I looked down for some reason. And you missed the good part. I missed the. <laughs> I missed the the two seconds that he Twice. sealed the door. Twice. Twice. Um, clearly, there's a piece of editing that is wrong in that section <laughs> for me to not look at the TV. Um, so yeah, so this becomes a fight um, between Geralt and Eskel, and then Vesemir shows up and joins in as well. Um, we see two, sorry, we see we see two signs here. Um, we're seeing Erden, which is the sealing the door, uh, and we're seeing Igni, which is him heating up his blade, mm -hmm. um, which I didn't realize was Igni at the, the first time I watched it for some reason. I don't know why. The second time I was like, oh, he's heating up his sword. So we've seen at this point, we've seen all five. Knows. That the only way to kill, right? They've mentioned it in is the is to is stab to, it through the heart with a blade, a burning blade. Yeah, with fire, 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 fire to, to the heart. fire through the heart will will kill Aleshi. And, and Vesemir kind of kind of shames Eskel mm -hmm. when he first walks in. Right? He's like, "You were six hours into this fight, and you never thought to, to like heat up your sword and shove it through the Leshi's uh, Leshi's heart." Um, so he kind of shames him a little bit there, which I felt a little bit bad for Eskel, but uh, Vesemir's right. Should have known that. He may have not been turned if he had remembered that. Yeah, that really back. important piece of information. Yep. Uh, so very cool that we've seen all five of the of the signs from the Witcher Three game so far in this series in two episodes, which is great because we didn't see 
half of those in the last season. So right. I it feels to me like Henry Cavill was like, hey guys, we need to use more signs because Geralt uses signs all the time. So I am I'm I'm very glad that Henry Cavill's a big fan of the games and the books and is like advocating for more of those things in the show, um, based on what I've read online. Um Anything else you want to talk about with that fight there? I mean, v- Vesemir gets his, I mean, gets choked out almost, right? He's, he's gets the, yeah. And he, and I did not, did not understand what he was saying until I saw the subtitles when I was watching the very end of it a second time with you, where he's like talking to Eskel. Yeah. It's like, Eskel, please don't. I'm like, this is, you are really, really a father here and i think that that's yeah, important to see that is. in parallel to Geralt's feelings about siri like there's something about that that's a nice parallel they're able to bond over like this fatherhood this father thing. feeling right yeah and uh and, uh, to kids who aren't biologically mm-hmm, theirs right yeah right and it looks like i mean this is a this is a mean ass group is what it is yeah mm-hmm. would you not say yeah and and I, it looked pretty bad but there's no way that Bessemir could die at that point because no, no, no chance. Yeah, because fans would be outraged that they killed him in the they, they, second episode. They were just getting the fans on board in the last episode, <laughs> and then you kill Bessemir. So and so we see the heating of the blade and that great moment. And again, like we're for, from now to the end of this episode, not counting the stuff that happens uh, in in the other storyline, we see such interesting camera shots like mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. They're using these like crazy long lenses or something so that we can get characters who can just push a blade in like directly yeah. towards us. All these like hard angles where yeah. where things are coming at us or across our space. It's so interesting. Yeah, the cinematography is definitely way better this season than it was in the yeah, last season. The director's idea of what the way we should be looking at what we're seeing. Yeah. Like how we should be looking is really interesting. Yeah. So they, they stab the yeah. Eskel tree yeah. and he <laughs> yeah. dies. Yeah. But this was like Geralt, I, Geralt like paused for a minute before deciding to do so. Right. Like, cause this was a heavy decision to make and he decided to just end up, he, he's like to, for the safety of everyone here, I have to kill oh like a brother essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so not an easy thing. Not an easy thing to do. Um, and this whole thing leads Geralt to decide to officially train Ciri. Um, instead of locking her in this room, he decides it's better if I teach you how to defend yourself, which goes back to the conversation he had with Vesemir uh, when Geralt said, like, and you protected us, you defended us. And Vesemir was like, no, I taught you how to defend yourself, right? right? It's this whole teach a man to fish sort of thing. like. Um, and so that begins series training in the next next episode so. yeah and the 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 sequence in the courtyard where they're starting that training and they start to do the parallel motion and you're watching her mimic him yeah it's just really good storytelling and mm-hmm. beautifully done and we have that great like zoom out so we're starting with the them huge wide we come the all castle. the way out to the oh, castle it's it just beautifully done uh and really gets us in a place where we you feel like things are happening yeah uh, and they are, but but you certainly can feel it. Uh, so that 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 storyline, and I and I thought that was pretty good, Steph. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so last time we saw Yen and Fringilla, they were kind of in the woods, and all of Fringilla's men were being taken out by these harpoons. Um, and so we catch up with them, and they're captured by the elves, and um, they're being taken to this elven camp, right? Um, 
Frangilla has a like a nightmare in this back of this coach prison thing. Uh, but they get to this elven camp and the doors open from their their I don't know what this is called. It's like a prison wagon, essentially, right? Prison wagon. I yeah, think. prison wagon. That's what we'll call it. Prison prison wagon. And we get a reveal of Phil Evandrel, who we met in like the second episode or something of season one. Um, very blonde elf. Uh, and he's come. I mean, that was years and years ago, like right. decades mm-hmm. ago. Um, that was that was pre. It doesn't matter. It was pre Calanthe winning her first battle, mm-hmm. I believe. Because I think her it's first battle was back. won against Philavandrel. I think if I I could be wrong, but anyway, way 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 back. So we see him. He is not in charge anymore. Francesca Findebar is in charge now, and that's who um, he's taking Frangilla and Yennefer to. They're at the risk of being killed by Francesca, who's in charge. In the books, Francesca is described as like the most beautiful being to exist on the continent. That must be like so much pressure to <laughs> to have to find that person and then to also be that person in like knowing that your character is described that way. I don't know. I've always thought that. Right. Well, in a right. show that's going to be full of attractive people because we're on right, TV. Right. Right. Well, and the same thing goes like I've always thought that same thing about Lord of the Rings where like they've described Galadriel as like this pristine, perfect being. And you're like, well, I know it's Kate Blanchett, but like. I don't necessarily think of Kate Blanchett as the most beautiful woman in the right. world. So it's it's this, yeah, it's just like this weird thing. Um, but yeah, they're at risk of uh, being killed because Francesca is like on a rampage and like just wants to kill humans, essentially. Uh, she does not like humans. And um, yeah, but we get this, um, we really, really what this whole thing is, is like, a lot of prophecy talk, a lot of foreshadowy, like mystical, random stuff that the elves, it's just like a lot of buildup. Right. You know, this whole thing is built up and we don't really even know what it's building up to. I have my guesses as to where this is going. Um, but there's a lot of talk about these robed figures who were leading or talking to both Francesca and Frangilla and this other robed figure who I don't know if they've really communicated that much to Yennefer. Um, right, but there is. There, e- each one of them, and each one's a different color, right? Each one's a different so color. It's black, white, and red. Yeah, each one is, is being talked to by a different person. They know who these people are, essentially, but they know that it's not actually that person who's talking to them. And so we actually see this vision with Yennefer and Geralt. Um, what is it? Geralt comes in from, I don't know, town or something, right? And uh, says hi to Yennefer, who's not pregnant at first, and then the camera reveal does a little turn and she's pregnant with her baby. And then all of a sudden the baby's in this bassinet and the bassinet catches fire, which I imagine was like this memory of her burning like her uterus out. Right. right? Like that was horrifying. Yeah. Sorry to trigger you there, but it was a great episode, you know? So she's feeling this. I mean, at least in this vision, she's feeling this regret of what she's done. Um, Well, and that's what this, these three, figures are doing right now right they're tapping into like the regret and the loss and the possibility right so there's Mm -hmm. a there's a they they hit them they're manipulating them it feels like a little bit yeah they've hit they hit them in their loss or their weakness Mm -hmm. and then they offer something although those offers are not clear right like they're these vague prophetic style yeah offers 
Yeah, and so first, uh, Francesca's been having a vision of elves stacked so high she can't see the sun and that it's a maze of bodies and that this person, Ithlin, guides her out through it. And um, Ithlin, I don't know if she's been like, if she's been mentioned in the show at all until this point. Um, and she doesn't exist as like, I don't think a character, like an actual physical character in the books other than somebody that's just mentioned. I could be wrong there again, but essentially there's this prophecy in the books that is 100% should end up playing out um, in the show in some capacity uh, towards, towards like the last couple seasons. And I believe we've heard part of the prophecy in season one when it was said the era of the sword and the axe is nigh. I think that was said in one of the episodes mm -hmm. in season one. Um, so that was that was that was Francesca's vision. But um, the other two people who appeared, right, the black robed figure for Frangilla is Amir, who's the emperor of Nilfgaard, the white flame. Right. Um, and yeah, that's who. That's who that was. And I'm actually not 100% sure who the girl was who showed up to Yennefer. But on second watch through, I was thinking that it might be like a young Tissaia. What? She says at one point, what does she call her? It calls her Piglet. But, Piglet. But again, she's just manipulating. That's true. Yennefer because of power, right? Like Yennefer's whole thing is circulating around power um, or lack of power. But the reason I think is Tissaia is one similar casting. Like this looks like it could be a younger version of Tissaia, and oh, then, geez. and and then it's like this. It's it's this callback to like this hard mother figure, like who she really didn't like at first, and now she's grown to like. And it's just, it's, it was almost like this villain in her life for a little bit, right? Tissaia was mean when we first met her. Yeah, at first we she does not. I mean, she's testing them, right? Right. In a way. And we see that same kind of thing with the dangers of how you make a witcher, right? There's something about yeah. hard training that right. fits in this world. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta really sharpen them through through like really intense intense pressure and training. The the thing that's interesting about so they they go to the I mean we we need to get to this old woman of the woods, right? So mm -hmm. they go to the um cabin right yeah that has yeah no they doors, find there's like these they there's these find. ruins and we we walk through these ruins first and there's like the murals of the conjunction of spheres right. and the creation of monsters and oh right the world colliding these monsters entering the continent and um then we get we get to like this altar thing and that leads down into into uh into the woods and then we're then there's this cabin that is it has no entrance right and then they ask it to show its entrance and then it sort of flips over right. it has no it ha literally has no entrance even when it flips over there's just windows but the entrance is like it like it the there's no entrance the it's just a vision it just gives you like a vision right so they don't really ever enter this cabin it's just this vision and that once appears. they're there there there's three women each one suddenly in super interesting camera mm. work Oh yeah, uh, they're each in their own space, and this is actually another one of those. This is like a fantasy thing that's used yeah. over and over again, where we have people who are, you know, in a an isolated space with a a tempter, right, of right. some sort. And what I find really interesting about those three visits is, at first, 
they're like really teased like it is a thing they're they're being like sold this bill of goods and then all right. three of them to some extent realize that it's not what it is right that there's another thing going on here but they still go through with it yeah to some extent yeah they well they i think they realize that they're having like a real conversation with a real being and i don't know who this being is like i don't know so, yeah some old mother of the woods or whatever yeah. kind of thing a uh, three she's the three-headed creature right so like their three stories match the symbolic beast that's at the top of the this reminded me of of there is there are three crones in the game who uh live in this bog in this cabin and they lure kids to eat them right well and, and that's mentioned in yeah. there the, those are very different than what this woman is in the at least by appearance uh but that's what we that's exactly the vibe we get and i think some of the language we get because yeah. this is the hansel and gretel story right so like mm -hmm. we're we're seeing in a way hansel right. and gretel inverted again or you know altered like right. the what reversal it, there's, there's like of a that trail idea. of treats or something like that whatever yeah. it's called so, but you don't get that necessarily in this episode well, you're but... tempted to go into the space and then you get baked and killed He'll, right right it, well, yeah. whereas here that's not the case but the same kind of thing you know that there's danger in that yeah that you definitely don't feel space. safe in that space right. um and uh yeah they all have these different conversations these different visions um and we see and we hear a bit more of actually Ithlin's prophecy when speaking to francesca she legitimately gives part of this prophecy so go back and listen to that if you didn't catch it but um Amir specifically though tells Frangilla that he's bringing back the wrong elf. So like Yennefer is a quarter elf. Right. And he is bringing she he says that she is bringing back the wrong elf. I think she should be bringing back the what's her name? The other one who's having a vision. Francesca? Her baby. Gotcha. It's the elf that they should be bringing back. Um, I am not going to tell you who I think she should be bringing back because that would be a spoiler. Um, so I will neither confirm nor deny Stephanie's theory, but, um, she's bringing back the wrong elf. And so that, uh, yeah, that's something to pay attention to. And I, th yeah. Anyway, Yen also sees to say, I believe, I think I mentioned that. And, uh, we, we learned, I think right there that her power is gone. Like legitimately that her power is gone. What? She says something like the chains are off. You can do it. Why haven't you portaled your you way out yet? Yeah. yeah. And because she doesn't have any power. Um, and the other two are told they should combine together and that that will bring them their desire, right? Yeah. And they do that. And then Yennefer wakes up. Yeah, she, she, yeah, and she like she. Well, Frangilla tells her that she's going with Francesca mm -hmm. with the elves, and then Yen like runs away and tries to portal herself out of there, but she can't. So, and eventually, screams a big scream and sobs. I saw in the subtitles she sobbed as well. In sobs, yeah, we did watch with subtitles on. It's a little bit easier to catch names and all that stuff with subtitles on, to, and the, to catch the, you know, winds howling. <laughs> bird song which i don't even <laughs> notice when you're telling me it's there i hear wind but so I hear bird song. um so that's episode two let's move on to episode three right great um what was the name of that episode again <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember lost it's the lost one 
lost something. I don't know. Things are a thing is what is it? What's the phrase? What's the phrase? A thing that's lost is lost. That is true. I don't think that's the actual line, though. I think I've said what is lost. So it's just what is lost is lost. Right? I was extending (laughs) that sentence. Um, There's a there's a few random things that happen here. Um, Let's talk again. Let's just start with Gerald and Siri, maybe in um, in uh, Caramoran. First, I want to say that first opening shot of like out of focus with Siri in the courtyard. um, It's in like a little bit of slow mo. Mm -hmm. Was so pretty with the light coming through. Um, I also have to say I don't think that she had blue eyes in the last season, and or sorry, I I don't think she had green eyes in the last season. I think she had blue, and they've officially changed it green. I've I can't tell you how much I did not think that was the same actress for two (laughs) solid episodes. Same exact actress. she did not look anything like Siri probably really needs to look like in season one, um, especially the blue. I'm pretty sure she had blue eyes and she's not described that way in season in episode three. She actually legitimately is starting to look like what Siri is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's nice that she, I mean that she's deprincessing herself essentially right. like she's becoming way more tomboy. Right. And, we'll get the end of the end of episode two when she pulls off the fox yeah. stole we, we and she's she's doing sword practice in the gown now we're seeing her yeah in like like a, a whole lot of time has passed here right and we get that sense that time has passed yeah she has some skills and Geralt and she are obviously more connected yeah yeah and uh so i'm glad that they're changing her look a little bit but um her eyes her eyes are her eyes are blue green they're green they're not as vibrant are they green in season one? I think so. Hmm. But yeah, they're not as vibrantly. They are whatever like, color they, they are, are green. In they are this. not like they aren't as vibrant. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. They they've they're they're training her. She's starting to train. It's great. She's starting out with this practice dummy. And um, if you've played the game, you know she hates that practice dummy. Um, Lambert is pissed that Geralt killed Eskel. Right. Like legitimately not happy. Right, it's some betrayal internally, right, of killing right. your brother, uh, right? Absolutely. Naturally, I mean, I I understand his anger, mm-hmm. um, which then ends up leading Geralt into this flashback um, that shows that Eskel like wasn't actually a dick, um, right? Like Eskel was like a nice guy and like a cool guy. Well, they had a good relationship. They had a, yeah, right. They they cared for each other. They were friends. They were buddies. They were brothers. Um, and a nice flashback too, because it's that it's, it was again where what Geralt's watching it in the world that it's taking place in. I love that sort of ghost-like yeah. nature of, of the story. And that's after he and Siri have come in and gotten what appears to be the least filling bowl of soup, soup yeah, imaginable, right. <laughs> right? And then she like, and then she just she grabs her sword and just goes to her room. Yeah, but she he, just doesn't want to be around so, Geralt for a minute. So let's just pause about the soup for a second. <laughs> So we walk into this room and there, uh, Conan. What's what? Who are who Conan are, Lambert? Are telling a joke, right? Yeah. And the the joke is that Lambert said is dumb or whatever, right? And it, that's serious joke. And she goes <laughs> over to this place where they're cooking this pot that's on like a big, I don't know, curve of like a curved sandbox. What I don't know what. It, yeah. And then they she scoops out this very thin liquid because you can tell by the, sort of the weight of it. And then Geralt comes over and scoops some out for himself. And then he picks something up. I, it looked like those dried mushrooms that you put in things. 
See, I thought it looked like croutons. No, it wasn't. No, it was it was like a dried shiitake mushroom. <laughs> I thought it was croutons, and he just heaves them in her bowl. A giant handful. Like, she's now eating whatever it was with a side of soup. But, and not by choice. Like, he no. just tossed them into... Right, and then, then, then she storms away with yeah, her sword. Right. To she's eat, like, I to guess eat I'll this. eat these. He's like, eat this and rest. You have to rest. Uh, your stomach <laughs> is so loud, I can't hear the fighting. Like, ugh. Uh, yeah, so... So then he sees this... Vision, it, was a nice, right? it was a nice vision, a nice flashback. Again, reminding me of Lord of the Rings, um, where um, Arwen sees, like, this vision of her kid in the space right. that she's actually in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that was good. I think a good way to kind of redeem his character because I'm fairly certain he does not die in the books. So he's just around in the books, and um, they've just gotten rid of him altogether here in the show. Well, and we have stripped down the number of people who are playing an active role. Yes, yeah. even though we do get plenty of sort of background later on. Yeah, um, and and so that's that's the the Siri bit for here, and then we have. Uh, Vesemir doing science again. Are we there? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, Vesemir's trying to figure out what the heck went wrong with Eskel, right? Like, what is this? Why are they mutating? What is going on? So he's peeling the bark. He's essentially performing an autopsy on a tree. But it's just blood in the tree. Yeah. They've, like, fused together, right? Like, a, right. Uh, it's like a leshy... Fused with a human, like the thing, like in a way, like right. the thing, this sort of mutated. They've just melting. They've just merged into one being, and then he's trying to figure out, like I guess, like the the chemistry makeup of the by the. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at science. But that's guys. a hard thing to do. I mean, yeah, d doing a dissection on your son who's turned into a tree. Well, and he describes that too, right? Like challenging. If if this was your, he says later, if this was like your kid like you you might think i'm mad but if this was your kid you would do anything to figure out what right. happened or what went wrong um and uh i mean he sees all of them as he sees all of them as his kids right. and i think Geralt also sees everybody as like his responsibility in that place mm -hmm. um based on how he based on his vision with eskel right like he treats eskel like a younger brother not necessarily as a friend who's on an equal playing field, not as an older brother, not as anybody superior to him, but he doesn't treat him inferior. He just treats him as somebody he's like holding to a higher standard mm -hmm. and is training, right? Like he's like, we're not done training, man. Let's go back and do this. You can be stronger. You can be faster. You can be better. And um, he was right because Eskel was still fine and he was just trying to not, not train in the off season. Um, so Geralt and Vesemir really kind of feel like the top dogs at this, at this place. Yeah, and they for sure. share this responsibility mm -hmm. of, uh, they have different relationships with the witchers. Vesemir is more of a father figure and Geralt definitely feels like this, this older brother to everybody. He's definitely distant from the rest of them, right? There's a separation yeah. that whether it comes from authority or care right. or responsibility, whatever it is. Right. Um, so yeah, he's doing this. There's this whole dissection thing happening, which is pretty cool. Um, and very difficult, I'm sure. Um, and then after that, they go and they they lay Eskel to rest, essentially, in this, down by the lake, in so, this cavern. So how does that work? Like, they they leave him out for the wolves to eat? I think so. I think they, because they were waiting for the wolves to show up. 
The wolves eat wood? I think they eat all of it. Um, and I have to say that, actually, I think that directly plays into the creature that we saw rip the leshy up later. Because wouldn't, wouldn't you be concerned that the wolves are going to turn? Isn't I, this an infectious creature now? I think I think it did. I think that being that tore the leshy up later on was a mix of like a bunch of different creatures. Like I don't know how exactly because it's like this. It's like a centipede mixed with a ram mixed with like a human face. Well, it had mixed hands. With, it had hands. Like it. Yeah, like, like it was face. a bunch of random things. So I'm wondering if like a bunch of creatures came to. Or they were, or they merged in some other way. Like there's this mutated thing that's happening. Like I don't know what monster that was, um, and I don't think the internet knows what monster that was because I looked it up and I couldn't find it. Um, and so I think there's this mutation that's happening, and there's new monsters that are being created because of whatever's happening. I don't know what what that is because I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen in the book at all. Um, so there's this whole like I mean Vesemir mentions there could be a maybe if there's another conjunction that happens and I don't know this whole world's evolving is what Geralt says at some point under our feet and we didn't even right. realize it and so there's something that's happening right they've they've hinted these little pieces something's happening I'm sure there's a deeper mystery that they're going to go into and try and figure out throughout this the series um, I I mean I don't know they don't I don't feel like they necessarily need to do that because of like it didn't happen in the book. I'm one of those people who's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it sort of thing. And I don't think the books are broken. And so I don't think you necessarily need to add a whole lot to it. I think sometimes the simpler, the better. So hopefully this plays out and connects to like a main storyline in a positive yeah. way mm -hmm. and not just something that convolutes the entire plot and story and disrupts character and motivation, you know, because I just don't want that to happen. Yeah, I mean, if it's about raising the stakes so that the witchers aren't as competent as they might normally be, right. that's an effective tool for right. us, right? Yeah. But if it's creating a new TV-only storyline so that the book people are surprised, that's not always That's not cool, choice. yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is, Geralt, had, Geralt didn't necessarily have a tough time against Verena, right, in episode one. He had a tough time in episode three of season one against the Striga. Right. Right. So like there are certain monsters that he has that you do struggle with as a witcher and other monsters that you don't struggle with as much. Mm -hmm. It seemed like Eskel very difficult to defeat. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe it is about raising those stakes. And I think that's that's cool. But also that new centipede monster thing he dispatched in like like no problem if he got he got the jump on it though. Right. Like well you, it required well we'll get there but it required bait in a way that maybe did, was not great not great yeah uh, yeah so so we we while Geralt is busy yeah uh, we're we're at the pendulum yeah Lambert right mm -hmm. he comes and says oh you think you're hot stuff fighting that <laughs> that straw man straw man well, I'll show you what witchers really do and he takes her to this tremendous pendulum I mean just I mean, I it's American Ninja Warrior. Oh my gosh, I have it written right here in my notes. And I, <laughs> I didn't love the design of that thing because it seemed way too easy for a Witcher, <laughs> and and in a way, still a little bit too easy for you know somebody like Siri who maybe has a little bit of magical powers and like 
hasn't trained a day in her life other than for the past two or three weeks. You know what I mean? Like you should, I don't know if you should be able to get through that that easily, but for a witcher, I'm like, are witchers actually training on this thing? Because I'm pretty sure Geralt would fly through that. Uh, so it just didn't seem like a practical thing that, that witchers would train on. I don't know. I, I don't know. It It is. The, the, so I was the first part, the pendulum part felt like you could get through it. It reminded me of the yeah. stompers or chompers in uh, Galaxy Quest. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> Who so, wrote this episode? <laughs> and so, so you get the, she gets through that after getting popped a couple of times really good. Yeah. And Lambert is being an ass, but eventually that turns, right? And so this yes. sequence functions as a way for Siri to gain entry into the community, right? Yeah, they end up rooting for her, right? Like, yeah, by and, the end. Yeah. It's but, again this it's this trial by fire like you have to be hard on the people you're training and then you can help them along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This the one that got me was the spinning blades. So so yeah. the the pendulum looked challenging especially cuz the wood was loose whatever like and but then the next one spinning blades which was like eons higher of difficulty. Right, it was like oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. And then after that it's like jump a little bit. Right. Well, that's my thing. I'm like, this Jump if, and grab it feels the like the witchers have fast enough uh, reflexes that they should be able to get through that spinning thing somewhat simply. I don't know if, if I don't know if Henry Cavill can fit, fit through, through there. I know his muscles are too big. I don't know. But the jumping at the end seemed like it would be like a breeze for them, right? Like Henry Cavill should it be was, able to was, just. Do you think the jumping was hard? No. No, she says no. Then there was the rocking thing where you yeah, and you got to grab legitimately American Ninja Warrior, a Witcher version, which I think would be really entertaining to watch well, on TV. Was, I think they should fun. build like a version of that for television. It worked dramatically. It was fine. Yeah. Um. And the thing is, behind her while she's training, we see those stacked individual pylons. Right. That that like look like you could jump upon them, right? And that feels to me very much like what I was expecting her to be involved well, in. Well, there's, well, what, um, I think it may be what Geralt ends up fighting again, right? He is training at some point in one of these episodes. And um, there's these like wooden, I think they are the pylons, right? Where you're, you're able to like hop from, from one, one to, to the, the other. other right. And the game opens up with, or there's a scene where Siri is training on those pylons the pendulum is going back and forth on those pylons. She's able to leap across. You find out that she's been training, doing flips and all this stuff blindfolded on those pylons right, at that right. age. I'm like, okay, like Siri is a badass fighter in the books and in the games. And so like she needs to get to this level that she, she can hold her own with, with witchers. Mm -hmm. Like she's a witcher girl at right. like, no mistake. She's a, she's a witcher. And they're like, witchers, don't breed girls. And she's like, I'm not really, you know, but we're going to see that whole arc. I think for her really come about. And I'm glad we're taking our time with it. I am too. It, yeah. It gives us lots to watch and it helps build community. Like we're learning. We, it, it'll be, it'll be fun. World. Right. And like once, hopefully if Netflix keeps the show going, which I think they've invested enough into it now that they're just, they're going to keep it going. Right. Um, you know, season six, when you look back and you rewatch on your, you know, rewatch before season seven comes out and you realize that, holy cow, like Siri has come a long, right. long way. Like that's what makes it fun. I think, uh, when you have shows this long, um, 
so yeah, there's that whole pendulum thing, but yeah, you're right. It's it, it was American Ninja Warrior. But she succeeds, she succeeds, or she doesn't, and Geralt so finally close. comes out to, to check on it, and everyone's sort of cheering, and he calls her out, like, yeah. so close. Just yeah. doesn't give her what she was hoping for, yeah. which I think is a great no, nod to the way yeah. the story wants to go. Yeah, yeah, and he's um, he's joking at the same time, right? Like, so there's a little humor there, but um, yeah, he's he's worried about her, right? He doesn't want her to bust her head open and die i mean that pendulum could legitimately impale her if it hits her the right way Mm because there's like these little spikes on the end of those pendulums i mean the first hit that she takes is like that's that's knockout hit i don't at least the sound effect was like crush your skull type of well and and she does on the the last bit she like spits a good hunk of blood out right she's beat up the thing i think is interesting is that when you play this against Geralt's conversation with Eskel. He's like, Eskel, keep working, keep working. Mm. With her, it's take a break. Take a break. Rest. And I think that that's Mm. a transition we're going to see on his end, too. That's a good catch. That he is, like, the other guys are, like, saying, yeah, we're going to push her the way we're supposed to. Right. Not what you're doing. Geralt's Geralt's babying her, right? Because he's protecting her. Almost mothering her in a way that he shouldn't. He's a helicopter parent. Yeah. Yeah. And he needs to to break that in order to do the job. And Vesemir, his relationship with Vesemir may be blinding him to that right because he's seeing the result right of what these relationships are not what you need to do to build them yeah uh and so that just seemed to me to be really an interesting part right of he only sees there. the outcome of the relationship not what it took to what get it there. took to get there he can't yeah. think from the vesemir side of that equation right only as the kid mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're right and um he does give siri a little bit of um advice though it's not really advice but it's more of a perspective you know because Siri's like i want to be a great fighter and Geralt replies with well all the great fighters i know are in cemeteries they're all dead so like you shouldn't you shouldn't want to be a great fighter for the sake of being a great fighter you should want to be a great fighter to be able to protect yourself or to be able to protect others right like witchers don't kill out of fear they kill to save others right is what he says in one of the Mm -hmm. scenes um anyway so that was a good little bit there um and then we move into the last kind of sequence with them in the woods. Um, and Geralt mentions to her, like, hey, what is it? Well, he pulls some it? crap out of the wall, right? He does pull something out of the wall. He pulls like he pulls like a twig out of the wall. So he pulls a twig out of the wall, and then he pulls her. It must have been her cape or something like that. It was what I From, think Calanth gave, gave her, right? Like yeah. It was like this scarf thing the, yeah. Which she, that her she, grandmother gave her. You see in the second episode, you see her hold it. Yeah, in her room, and she must hide it. Hmm. But when I don't he pulls know how it, it out, gotten up there. I think right. the Leshen grabbed it because if you, it looks like a hand. Yeah. Once he like just like gets it out of the branches, it looks like a hand, and it's grabbing her and pulling her because hmm. that's what it does in the forest. I wonder if there's a scene and that's, that's what cut. it does in the dream. I want. Oh, does it do it in a dream? No, in the dream she says that this force is coming and grabbing her and pulling her. And Oh, and so I think that. Oh, that's, I didn't connect that at so, all. So that's part of why the the Leshy and the whatever the thing is are that may I mean there's something going on there that has to deal with Siri and her yeah power mm-hmm. right yeah um and so they go in the woods to f- track where she's being pulled right she right she sort of leans into it she closes her eyes she thinks back to the dream she explains what it is and they go into the woods yeah and they turn and see 
Esco's Leshy standing there in the clearing. Beautiful. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's a nice shot. Yeah, it was a pretty cool shot. Again, this they've stepped up their CG. They stepped up all that. Um, it looks great. There's a few. That's there's again. You were talking about these lenses, lens choices. There's this, there's this overhead shot. Not an overhead shot. It's like a really high angle of them walking into this space on a really long lens. I'm like, what is this lens choice? It's so interesting. Like that's not how I would have shot that at all. But it wasn't wrong. It was just really different looking. Um, and I guess it was from the Leshy's perspective. Like, I'm not really I, sure. I don't know. It could be. I mean, whatever it is, it's visually interesting for yeah. us. And I'll take that any it's, day of the week. Like, it's completely memorable for me yeah. to be able to call back that shot. And, um, yeah, there's Leshy's there. It attacks. Doesn't do much because this other being comes in and um, tears it in half, essentially. Right? Like Yeah, this big cockroachy yeah, partial wood. I don't even Whatever. know. I don't even know what it was, but it it tears this thing up, um, and it turn it goes to attack Siri, and Siri runs away and hides and all this stuff, and um, Geralt gets knocked back against a rock, like all this stuff, and um, yeah, the thing is strong, and yeah, Geralt Geralt seems concerned, right, and over it. Siri running, right, yeah, uh, and, and she listened this time, right? She didn't listen in the episode with. Nivellen in uh or Nivellen in the first first episode of the season uh when he told her to run if anybody else comes out of this house but me this time she listens this time she actually listens and runs um she does end it up pinned into a yeah in a yeah she's cornered for sure hide well <laughs> she hid under a rock there's a crazy creature coming at you where are you gonna hide not under a rock but she didn't run very like her running didn't feel urgent um that could be an actor <laughs> like it just be an actor's skill set but that could be on a sound stage with a green screen in the background yeah, that you don't have a lot of running space right, to go uh, to right you can't pick up speed for but but uh she does hide under rock she does stretch under that rock a little bit she does a little um okay a breathing exercise we'll take that um but and then Geralt appears and does a full body split of yeah the creature, oh yeah uh, a sort of um, from Gamora like style oh open. yeah for sure yeah like splits it from neck down to crotch is there a sign that's purple Erden what's that do it's that's the ceiling sign okay never mind that's why I was so confused that it was blue because at the beginning when he gets to like when he starts the thing he I felt like I saw purple no uh, he didn't use any signs for okay. for that but you may have heated his blade though Maybe. He heated his blade when he went to attack the Leshy. Right. He used Igni again there, and he used Quen in that sequence as well. Um, but So he, he cuts it, and then he chops its head off, right? And we see the head sort of wonky off on the side. Yeah, right. He splits it and then cuts his head. And um, and we get the last line in there, which is um, from Sir Laszlo, right? Which is, um, uh, what is it? Anything but perfection is death or something like that. Um, which Geralt disagreed with at the beginning of the episode right because he wanted to protect siri and now he says it or maybe she says it and he says sir laszlo would be proud and so now he's agreeing that okay we have to train you because i might not be there next time you're cornered by some beast right um well and yeah. the stakes are high because that thing was coming after her right specifically so, after so, her so yeah. we, he knows that what she he believes about her in some generalized sense yeah 
uh, and maybe even more specifically now has stakes. We did skip something. We skipped that he mentioned to her that at, that he was there at her mother's right. wedding feast, right? And that she's, he saw her blow this room apart. Right. And, and that, he believes that she has either the same power or something similar. Right. Um, and, and she didn't know this until now. That's right. So there's some truth being revealed. Um, but that, and that may be why this, this being is after her. Or, or beings maybe in beings, general as we yeah. move through the story. Right. And so that, that's that arc, right? Uh, mm -hmm. for, for Geralt. And that's where we're left with them in a very positive place. Yeah. Uh, we go to, let's, let's bounce to Sintra real quick. Right. Um, cause there's only, there's one quick, one or two quick little things there. Um, first things first, elves are flocking to Sintra. That's it, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, and Fringilla meets with Francesca uh, in this room. Um, again, beautifully decorated room. PD did a great job. Um, yeah. Tapestries hanging. The set dressing was was beautiful. Um, and and Fringilla is essentially asking Francesca um, for troops, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to rebuild our army. We're giving you guys some refuge and safe haven, and you get the chance to fight with us to liberate the northern realms and attack the people who have done you wrong like your oppressors like you can um you can fight against them join our army um this i don't believe I, well one i think this is how they're going to introduce the squatal to the show i kind of hope that's not how they're going to introduce them i hope that this elven army is just a different type of like sect of the Nilfgaardian army because right. if i remember correctly the Scoia'tael army is like this guerrilla warfare style like mm -hmm. uh, unit that is just scattered throughout the, the region and their sole purpose is to fight against the the racism of humans. Right. Right. And they're not just made up of elves. They're made up of elves, dwarves, gnomes, right. all of the all types right. of like anything non-human that feels oppressed by humanity is fighting against. There's like this big racism thing mm -hmm. in the books. Um, and so I hope again that they don't skirt past that issue, um, right? By simplifying by, it into this, right? This like they shouldn't just alliance. adopt that whole thing into into Nilfgaard because that would that means that then there's there's less danger for our heroes because it's just always heroes versus Nilfgaard, right? Rather than heroes versus Nilfgaard, heroes versus Stregobor, heroes right. versus uh, random mages too, and then heroes versus the Scoia'tael, who aren't bad, um, but they're not good either. <laughs> good night, Stephanie. I have nothing else to say. She has nothing else to add. So that's my concern. Right, but I, when we can give them that time, because I think that it's, I think that, that where I think we're okay, uh, at least at this point. The, the other thing is, Francesca clearly reveals her pregnancy, which we... She's definitely far more along than she was right. in the last, you know, <laughs> in the we, last we knew, episode. We heard about it, but, and that she wants a safe place for this child right. to grow. They, you know, This is an uncommon thing, and she mm -hmm. wants it to be safe and sound. And there is some conversation amongst the elves of like, more elves are showing up. You think they have enough food for us? Like there, There's there's a lot of distrust. There was like 4,000 elves or something, they said, yeah. that entered the space. Uh, so a lot of elves are coming for refuge in Sintra. Um and yeah, again, all of this, I don't remember this happening in the books because this, I think, takes place before the Blood of Elves even starts, mm -hmm. if it if it exists at all. Um, right. Fringilla's not featured this heavily in the books. Right. Um, so they're just kind of making up storyline for her. 
Um, again, I don't care about any of that. Like, it's cool if you want to do it as long as it, again, just sticks with the tone and the themes and the characters' mm -hmm. motivations um, in the books rather than just adding plot points for the sake of plot points. But So that's all that happens in Sintra. Um, let's go over to Yennefer and um, to say and all of them. Uh, so it's officially been one month since the Battle of Sodden because Yennefer arrives, right? Right, um, and and we they were uh, the plaque was being made. The plaque right? was made, right? And to say it writes Yennefer of Angerberg on the plaque, which is actually where Triss Triss's name should have gone. Um, they've swapped that, like I mentioned right. in that last in the last episode, they've swapped that. Um, so yeah, kind of interesting there. And actually, there's a there's a scene in the bath, like the bathhouse with like. Yennefer and Triss mm -hmm. and Triss says uh I wrote this down where did this go oh I don't know where it went anyway Triss says something along the lines I'm not on I'm not on to say his plaque I need to find a new way forward right and we learn again towards the end of the episode that she was summoned away for something mm -hmm. and I wholeheartedly believe that she was summoned away to Caremoran by Geralt or by Vesemir for Siri. Right. Right. Like that's her. That's the next step we've, in we've, her character. I think right. that's we've now moved on to the beginning of, of the book. Right. Um, so at least I hope that's where they're headed with it. I can't imagine that's not what they're going to do. I, I, it makes sense to me. And, and as a note, we get we do get a slight nod to you look different right there's a clever little yeah internal yeah like your hair is different. much redder yeah. the fans mm. asked for more red hair and look at that looks it looks like looks like a costume um, and production design gave it to you but the, the other thing i want to say is that that when yennefer arrives and then all around these uh, all of the stuff we're seeing amongst the sort of the mages boardroom mm -hmm. th those scenes are really fantastic yeah really interestingly shot uh the i i i they the way that they looked really sticks in my head. Yeah, lots of wide cool, angle. Right? Yeah, cameras panning and moving, making sense. There's all that storytelling that's taking place. The space both feels huge and intimate at mm -hmm. the same time, right? Um, I don't know if that's a magic thing. If I mean, I know it's a camera technique, but right. like, it just feels, it just feels like a magical space to be in. Right. Um, it, and, yeah and, and we certainly get a sense of the politics here for sure yeah and those politics because so there's what, politics in this whole brotherhood thing right the right. brotherhood of, of these mages what's happened is in the other parts of the story the politics are so separate mm -hmm. you know there's there's politics of the witchers with the world there's politics of the north and the south sort of but they're all distant they're not banging heads against each other right so here we get to see politics in action with people yeah. literally sort of banging against each other um along the way and that i like that a lot yeah yeah it's um it's it's really cool to see and everything's going to be connected at some point here too like everything's just gonna merge together and and it's it's this this book series just like culminates in in like such a huge way and so many people it's like just a big chess piece that sapkowski moved around in his books and um i'm i'm hoping they do the same it seems like they're doing the same thing here in, in the show um but yeah there's um there's a few things that happen here not a whole lot happens other than you know 
uh, Stregobor being, you know, real douche and manipulating. Seems like he's manipulating students. It seems like he has something to hide a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Istrid calls him on this whole um, Falca thing, um, which I believe he was talking about Falca in. I mean, he might have talked about that in season one too, in regards to Renfrey and like this black sun or something like that, or these or these these kids born on these ecl- this eclipse, right? Right. Um, and like that's like Falca's thing or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, and so he has this obsession with this with Falca, mm-hmm. and uh, I he seems like he has something to hide a little bit. Like he's not telling the full truth. Like there's something about him that is is not entirely true and he definitely has evil intentions as we see him commit some treasonous act on yennefer and right uh do some like brain torture right, right. so right so he i think he's trying to I, I i mean part of it is is she a spy but i think it's much more than that i think it's about a power play yeah you know and so he sticks his he, he grabs her and goes with her magically either inside or somewhere it seems like he he, kind of he, I doesn't, he doesn't transport her physically. It seems like he creates like a mental prison for right. her, right? Which I thought was really cool because yeah. you knew when you were watching it that you weren't somewhere else, but that you were mentally trapped in this space. Again, the camera work there showed all of that, right? Like the extreme mm-hmm. wide angles. They must have been on like a 12 millimeter, 14 Crazy. millimeter lens, some, some super wide angle lens the shots of his face are just so interesting Mm -hmm. there's a shot where where yennefer like leaps out of her chair i think Mm -hmm. and like yells f you at him right right. and it's just like it's it's jarring and so cool looking because of the the lens choice and the shot choice right um so that whole thing happens to say it shows up and and kind of pushes him out of that mental space um and they start to have like almost like this council trial thing of hey what do we do with Stregobor but he turns it and flips it on Yennefer saying like she's you know quarter elf and she spent time with Nilfgaard and with the elves and came back unscathed and she used fire magic and didn't die like all of these things that he's trying to you know when it works right it works right she has to be tested Mm -hmm. um, and I mean along the way we and she only has to be tested because both Vilgefortz and Tessaia are saying they're trying to make a play for the, the seats, for, for the power, right? And so they have to push her aside to play the politics game, mm-hmm. um, despite, like, Tessaia not wanting to do that. Um, and I, I'm not going to say whether or not Vilgefortz wants to do that. I don't think Vilgefortz necessarily cares for a soul there. Right. Um, he's playing a different type of power game in a different way. Right, He's exactly. He's flying under the radar a little bit more, but... Um, yeah, she has to. She has to. She has to decide to either kill Kahir, or actually, that's the only thing the council gives her the option of doing. Yeah, they just say this you is what you have you to do to kill prove him, your innocence, right. right? But to say it gives her another option, which is to let them know that you can't do magic anymore, right? Because to them, if you can't do magic anymore, you're no more. You're no threat. A threat you're not a threat right. anymore. Um, and so this whole thing you know, sparks this conversation of uh, an identity crisis, right? Which is what Yennefer's going through is this whole mm-hmm. identity thing. Like I, I am magic. I am my magic. My magic is what made me who I am. Um, I am nothing without this. 
nothing without this. And she says, like, I'm just stumbling through through darkness. Right. Um, and so what she was, what she what the magic that made her is now gone. And now she doesn't know who she is. Um, and Tisea says something along the lines of, you know, you've been searching for this void your entire life and you became powerful and, and could use magic and that didn't fill the void. And she says it, power is not going to fill that void again. And uh, so hinting at something that's to come, I know what that thing is. I'm not going to say it and spoil it. But this this whole thing, this whole episode is clearly leading to Yennefer trying to figure out what that void is that's missing. They've teased it a whole bunch actually already. Um, again, not going to say anything, but I'm excited for where Yennefer is going. Um, I have to say too that I was very nervous <laughs> for the end of this episode um, because I I actually thought they were going to kill Kahir at the end. Yeah, they did a nice job of yeah. They faked that me up. out for sure. Yeah. Um, I did not know whether or not they were going to do it or not, and I was going to be really mad if they did because he's a great character arc in the book. Um, and so very relieved to see that. They did not kill him, and they. Yeah, and Jennifer hears Ooh. in her head the yeah. witch of the wood, god mother, what of the like woods, Ithlin's voice and, or and, whatever, right? And yeah. says, you know, you can be. It's about freedom. You have to choose freedom, right? And so she makes the choice, which of course makes her now appear to be in cahoots, right? With which no she's guard. not. Yeah. Um, and then she makes the decision. She grabs the horse, who happens to be out there, right there. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, and takes Kahir with her, and off they ride uh, yeah. through the the same path that they walked to to. Uh, but nobody stops her. Like no mages are like, well, let's kill them both. They just kind of like let her. They just like let her go. Yeah, and she does a lot of. I mean, she knocks down like she, it's like when people throw a trash can in the way of someone. She like knocks down <laughs> know, she all knocks the big piles like, fire of, of fire pillars, <laughs> and and makes a big mess and runs, and everyone else stares in shock and wonder. And it's important to note. That during all of that, we have these kings of the yeah. northern realms yeah. who are we who we all recognize. We've seen several yeah, we've of seen them Foltes before, right? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're they they are not the most compassionate creatures that yeah, yeah. there could be, right? Yeah. So I mean, we, we're getting some of the well, broader uh, politics. They're politicians, too, right? Is, right? Is how they're portrayed, like just these evil kind of politicians. Yeah, we're gonna just sit here and watch this thing. That, yeah, that and they don't care about us. a single soul who died on no. that, that stone. They don't care about. They don't care about any of that. They just care about the power and all of that stuff. And um, there is uh, the Redanian king, the guy in all red, not Foltest, not the sister lover, right. the other guy, skinny guy. Uh, he mentions Dijkstra. Mm-hmm. who is going to be well episode four is called in redanian intelligence we are uh, i would be shocked if we don't meet dijkstra in this next yeah. episode dijkstra is the equivalent to um varus in game of thrones mm-hmm. he's like that character right um and he's a great character um so i'm excited to meet him and he's played by um graham mctavish mm-hmm. who's a great great actor so yeah so it's exciting that we know we're, we're headed there and that end sequence i mean it everything feels big and it feels motivated, and it feels like we're going someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're three episodes in, about a th- you know a third the way through. It's and it's strong, man. It this, feels like it's really this good. This season's really good so far. Um, I I had my concerns coming into it, and I mean I've watched every, I've watched these three episodes twice, and 
I mean, I the first season was fine. It was, it was fun to watch. But, man, the season two, they've stepped it up. And so if they can keep going this trajectory, I am very excited for for where this goes uh, over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for us to get together again and talk about the next two episodes and dig deeper. And I'm really interested to see how they arc their way to the end of these eight. Like they're, yeah. whether we're heading towards a cliffhanger or towards um, a, a, a transitional moment at the end of the arc, like what they're going to think to do as they move yeah. through and and whose story is going to to drive that. I'm also excited about characters I believe we're going to be meeting mm-hmm. uh, over the next couple of episodes. And because of the strength of the introductions of characters and the continuation of sort of fine performances of characters, I, I just feel like we're in good hands. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really strong season. And um, I'm excited for where it's going. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Witcher Watch. Uh, We don't just review The Witcher. We review a whole bunch of other films on this podcast. So please go and check out our catalog of a ton of different movies that we're watching. Everything from Marvel to... Um, in the mood for love. I, th- I don't actually know if we reviewed that. Actually, we, we probably we should. Um, yeah, a twenty four film. Any anything and everything. We we don't really have a um, we don't really have something that we just stick to. We we watch and review everything. So uh, come join us uh, in that discussion. You can uh, find all of our social profiles everywhere at rackingfocuspodcast.com. And um, if you're feeling generous, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify wherever you're listening to. Thanks for listening to Witcher Watch from the Racking Focus Podcast. You can catch the next episode recap at rackingfocuspodcast.com or wherever you stream your podcasts. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh valley of plenty. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.